belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish, and we got Ben Belly Smokes Hunter with us. How we doing, Ben? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Fine and dandy. Doing good. And we got a special guest joining us today, my good friend, Matt Burns. How we doing, Burnsy? Doing great, guys. Happy to be on the pod. Um, Been listening to you every episode, so... Happy to chat about this game with you guys. Quit sucking up. I'm about to put you through the ringer. <laughs> sure you are. We'll see what you got, Ben. Yeah, bring it. Well, I guess you got a lot of ammo to go against us this week, but. <laughs> now, nah, Matt was one of the first people that I talked to when I thought about making a podcast because we had talked a couple of, like even last year, I think, about listening to these Detroit Lions podcasts. And I don't know anybody else who listened to it. So he brings a lot of knowledge, known him for a long time. I'm glad we can get him on. Me too. Yeah, it's man. happy to have you here. It's, uh, it's good to chat with you again, Corbin. And um, Ben, I am curious, are, what, what team uh, are you a fan of, if not the Lions? Uh, you know what? Sometimes it depends on the week, but it's got to be the Titans bouncing back from starting off on too. And did I hear uh, you're in Nashville or you live no, there? You, you do. I lived in Nashville and how I talked about my team and you lived and listened to every episode and now you're trying to bait me. I don't think so. So Detroit, Detroit roots moving. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. Then I went to East Lansing for a while, then Royal Oak. And then I moved to Nashville, probably December, 2019. And that's when you stopped being a Lions fan. Moment I crossed the Mason Dixon line. Yeah. That's where I met Ben too in East Lansing. He was my bartender at PT's. Sure. a hell of a drink. So you guys have a strong relationship. Oh, getting stronger every day. Right. Bell. Corbin and I, I'm, I'm sure on different, uh, more segments of bowels of the belly, you'll, you'll come to find out. <laughs> Let's get into the game. Seahawks came to Detroit to take on the Lions. Lions were favored by six and a half points. We closed three and a half point favorites, mostly due in part to the injuries that we suffered on the offensive end. DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jonah Jackson, all out for important starters. Then we, we didn't really need them. Not on that side of the ball. I thought that offensively we we're going to have our struggles, but we did not miss a beat. Last year, the Lions took on the Seahawks. Seahawks put up another big game offensively. We lost 51 to 29. And this year, we lost 48 to 45 at home. It was a bad, bad loss. Ugly, ugly game on one side of the ball, at least. We'll kick it off with Jared Goff. He just continues to impress me every single week. He's gotten better and better. I think that he combined a lot of the good things that he did in the first three games in this game, and it showed on the stat sheet. 378 yards and four touchdowns. He rushed and passed for a two-point conversion. The one cloud over the game was the pick six at the beginning of the second half. But all things considered, I thought he had a really, really good game. There's a lot of different th- reasons why we lost that game. That pick six definitely did not help, but Goff did everything he could to keep us in that game and keep us alive. And it was a nail biter down to the end. Yeah, Corbin, I, I was impressed with Goff too, but that pick six just sticks with me, man. It, I feel like these these NFL games, they come down to to one or two key plays and and man, that really set us back. Um, 
I have one other um, play that I kind of thought was a key momentum play that didn't go the Lions way that we'll touch on later. But I think the narrative on golf is really starting to change uh, with the Detroit fan base. I, th- I think he's proven himself this year and uh, he, he might be playing himself into uh, a second contract with the lions. We'll see. Where do you stand on that? At this point, I think we keep rolling with him. Everyone's on the Bryce young and CJ Stroud train, but if Goff keeps up on this pace, I mean, he's having one of his best seasons ever. And he's looking like he wasn't at his peak when he was on the Rams. So, and he did it today without his two biggest weapons and, uh, and Swift and Amon Ra and then DJ Chark too. Josh Reynolds is one of his favorite targets. He got TJ Hawkinson finally activated, but then Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of options for him and he made it work and he still went off for his biggest game of the season with three of his key pieces on offense missing so well I think um Ben Johnson our offensive coordinator had stated that you know he's trying to make this Jared Goff's best year and the way this is uh rolling right now I mean Ben Johnson might be the best thing to happen to Jared Goff um I think he's fast tracking him to to this best year ever uh, we'll see how he finishes out but after, after this game, saw some stats flying around Twitter, but um, Jared Goff has played in three of the three of the 20 highest scoring NFL games ever. And then uh, I, I don't know if you guys recall the Monday night football game versus the Chiefs, um, oh, yeah. but that was the highest scoring Monday night football game ever. Um, both teams scored over 50 points. That's never happened in NFL history. And the Rams actually um, took that one home 54 51 with golf 413 yards and four TDs and a rushing TD. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, still what we're not going to re-sign him. There's no point. You had this plan all along and the plan was never to keep golf. Everybody wanted to kill him last year. He started off a little hot and you got to keep in mind the opponents and who he's lighting up. All right. There's not going to be a, I'm looking at the contract right now. It's 20 million to keep him next year or you take the potential out. I don't think there's any point in paying him $12 million. I think he's playing out of his mind because he knows he's going out of town after this and going to try to get paid somewhere else. See, but keeping I him makes no sense. I disagree, it, it, too. Yeah, 100% does. What's our best option? Trade three first-round picks for Lamar Jackson? Let's let's keep dreaming. That's not going to happen. Goff has done enough, and you know everybody wants the next Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, but guess what? There's only like five of those guys in the league right now. And sometimes like, yeah, maybe there is a greener pasture out there, but Jared Goff has absolutely shattered expectations this year. And yeah, so you don't, we haven't. You don't want him to grab a quarterback next year. I mean, I wouldn't mm, mind having I wouldn't a backup, say that. but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind looking for the quarterback of the future, but if Goff keeps on going on this trajectory, we have him for another two years. Why are we cutting bait? Yes, we, we can at cut a, loose. At a $31 million dollar cap each year. Okay, but every sing, any good quarterback, you're going to be paying that money. I you think not, that his contract is reasonable right now. $20 million a year? What's wrong with that? Everybody else wants $40 million. If we, we get Lamar Jackson, that's going to be $50 million a year. I think the direction that the idea I have for the direction of the team and the idea you have is entirely different. And they're still rebuilding. They're not going to go out and buy Lamar Jackson. It's not going to happen. I agree. We're not going to land Lamar Jackson, but – if we are picking high in the draft this year, you know, we could get a Justin Fields, somebody who just 
fizzles out. And that's just a waste of picks. And it's a waste of years that we have Jared Goff. We have him locked down for at least two more seasons after this. And then we can make that decision. But I mean, you've got to stick with the guy who has the hot hand. And so far, I mean, I, I just think it would be foolish to cut bait when we don't have another another better option lined up right now. I was not pleased that we passed on quarterback in the draft last year. I thought we were going to snag someone, especially once we started seeing quarterbacks start to fall um, well past where some of them were projected. Like, I think Sam Howell is looking like he might have been someone that got passed up. Um for um i think the commanders picked him up but yep. I, I would not be surprised if he's taking uh, carson wentz's job sooner rather than later and um i mean he's he slipped down real late and i, I was kind of hoping that maybe we uh at least grabbed someone yeah we we needed a backup but you know if golf goes down the season's pretty much forfeit and we are trying to bring up young guys, you know, an example of that is Kirby Joseph. Like instead of throwing in Juju Hughes, we've gave Kirby Joseph his first start and he played hundred percent of snaps. So we got to keep in mind that this year is still about building what we have. And if we reach for a quarterback or we ship off all the draft capital that we have in order to get a young quarterback that we're not a hundred percent sold on, we're setting ourselves back because we have so many other needs in different areas. We'll talk Jamal Williams. He had a hell of a game filling in for DeAndre Swift. 19 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. He had that big 51-yard run. We said that he couldn't make those big plays. He doesn't have that extra burst like DeAndre Swift has to take it to the house. And then he lays down a massive Derrick Henry-esque stiff arm on that 51-yard touchdown run. That was incredible. The dude is awesome. And it just, it was a great signing to bring him in, not just a culture fit and for the personality, but I mean, he just brings that ground and pound element that Swift doesn't necessarily specialize in. So I'm happy to have him. He had a great game. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't know he had that 51 yard um, capability. I mean, I, I kind of had him pegged as a, a, a hard runner, maybe a, more of like a 15 yard max mm -hmm. type of guy. It was really encouraging to see him have a good day. Um, I mean, he did have two drops. Uh, I don't think it was back to back, but it was definitely on the same drive that kind of sucked, but I mean, he's not that pass catching running back. We know that the drops. Yeah. I, I think uh, everyone's, everyone's thinking uh i'm on raw better share the the jugs machine with jamal for a yeah a practice or two i i got in uh i got in an early morning pickleball session with with some guys that i watch football with and uh they're asking me you know can we plug in jamal williams this week as as someone to rely on to get points and you know, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in saying yes, because I thought we were going to work in Justin Jackson and Craig Reynolds a lot more, but we didn't really see much of either of those guys. I mean, Justin Jackson, I believe did score a, a touchdown late yep. and Craig Reynolds, I think broke off one big run, but I was, I was expecting a lot more of both of those guys. Yeah. And that's just kind of what the game script dictated to when we were behind. I mean, you got to put the ball up and make something happen. And we did. So, I mean, no knocks on the offense. When you put up 45 points, I mean, that's impressive in itself. That is the highest scoring loss the Lions have ever had. Any, it's, it's a testament to the offense. They did their job. Another big factor behind that almost comeback was TJ Hawkinson. 
He bounced back eight catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns, two point conversion. Josh Reynolds was eaten too. He had a couple of catches called back on penalties, but he finished with seven catches for 81 yards and a touchdown as well. Yeah, he had a big day. I thought you were uh, about ready to write him off, Corbin. And the yards after the catch, I know that has been a big uh, talking point on Hawkinson in the past. Um, just seems like he falls down every time he catches the ball. And um, he ripped off that, what, 80-yard reception or something. If you go back and watch his Iowa highlight tape, it is just yards after the catch all day, touchdown almost every play. and man, I really thought we were going to get more of that with him uh, coming to the Lions. And really, that's this is the first game I've seen that out of him. I mean, if he puts up games like that, over 100 yards and a touchdown every other game even, then yes, we can start talking about paying him elite money. But if he regresses once Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift come back, I'm not ready to give up on him. I'm just not ready to pay him elite money. And he took a step in the right direction on getting that bag. So we'll see how he finishes for the rest of the season. We got a long road ahead of us. Enough about the offense. We're going to get a little doom and gloom on you here and start talking about the defense. And I don't even know where to start. It was absolutely disgusting. 555 yards of total offense for the Seahawks. They were nine for 12 on third down. They did not punt the entire game for the first time in the Seahawks franchise history. No punts. And they didn't turn the ball over at all. (sighs) There's just so much that I can say about this. Like, I don't even know where to start. And it's hard to point the finger at exactly who fucked this game up for us. But I mean, it, it goes all around all three levels, secondary linebackers, defensive line. We couldn't stop the run. We couldn't get after Geno Smith. I mean, Geno fucking Smith. Had was 23 for 30 for 320 yards, two touchdowns, about 50 yards rushing. And right now he has the highest passing completion percentage in the entire NFL. Gino. Yeah. So, so Corbin, I believe Gino came into this game with the highest completion percentage somewhere around 77%. Man, this guy's coming out of nowhere and, and just, taking the league by storm this year. It's, it's kind of crazy to see. And I think on the, on the defense, I think it's kind of a grim reminder that we just don't have a lot of talent back there. I think uh, we're young. There was some, there was some excitement after the commanders game, the commies, Putin's commies and um, Aaron Glenn, you know, I don't know if he drew up a good scheme or if they were just that bad, but um with Trey Walker out, the, the main play caller um, in the defense, I mean, there was, there was just no stopping Geno Smith. Um, just bad coverage all along. I'll say, and I'm going to get into it later, but Malcolm Rodriguez seemed to be the, the one shining point. And then I was really encouraged by Deshaun Elliott's um, hitting. I mean, man, early on, he was – taking out DK Metcalf. Um, yeah. And I was pretty imp- impressed by that, but unfortunately it kind of uh, led up as the game went on and, and uh, number five kind of disappeared out there um, in the second half. The biggest problem that I noticed, especially in this game, but I've noticed it all season long is we can't contain the edge. We aren't setting that edge. So there's one play where Aiden Hutchinson is on the left side of the defensive line. If you see the entire line crash to the right, So Aiden Hutchinson has to contain and he's crashing down with him. 
And so the, the running back goes to the right side where we're crashing. And then he would just cut it right back to the other side. And we had no answer for it. And then the play action pass too. We had, we, we couldn't stop that. We would just bite hook, line and sinker. You know, I, I'll, I have to call out Hutchinson a little bit here too. Yeah. He had a great game against Washington, but I expect him to be a better tone setter on the edge and stopping the run. I mean, that's why we kind of drafted him over Kayvon Thibodeau because he was so well-rounded at stopping the run and also pressuring the quarterback. And he is getting a lot of pressures and he is getting double teams. So and I know we are very young and these guys are going to get better and improve as the season goes on, but it's scary. And I mean, we've got a lot of problems on the defense. I mean, there's no excuses for giving up 48 points to the Seahawks. If you do that against like the chiefs or the bills, you know what? Yeah, I can understand our defense isn't the strongest point of our team, but to the Seahawks with that team, you got to do better than that. There's no excuse. And it was just completely embarrassing. Like I said last week, I went to the game, so it was fun to see. I've never been to that high scoring of a game, 93 total points. I'll probably never see anything like that again. You know, we wish we would have came out with a win. It, it was just unfortunate. It was great to see Goff have such a good game, but that defense, it's got some work to do. And Dan Campbell's already kind of taken the back of Aaron Glenn, saying he's his guy and he's the man for the job. But we've got to see some changes We'll finish it off with the game ball in the burning bag, and then we'll really put this one in the rearview mirror. I'll kick it off. My game ball on offense is going to TJ Hawkinson. Franchise record for a tight end with 179 receiving yards. He had the two touchdowns. Just a great bounce back game for the guy. You love to see it. He needed that game just to get his confidence back and to you know get the fans' confidence back. So good on him. Game ball for defense. I'm giving to Malcolm Rodriguez. He forced that fumble on the punt early in the game on Tyler Lockett, led the team in tackles with 11, and he had two tackles for loss. He forced that uh, intentional grounding on Geno near the end of the game. So, I mean, for a young guy, six-round rookie, he just keeps on trucking, man. He's doing a good job, and I love to see it. All right, Ben, I'm kicking it to you. I'm sure you got a game ball for somebody on offense, but I guarantee you got nobody for us on defense this week. Who are you going with? <laughs> That's 100% correct, buddy. We got Jamal Williams with the game ball. I mean, uh, 5.7 yards per carry, two toddies. He stepped up with Swift being out, which is just great news for the run game in Detroit. So we're going to kick it to Matt for his. Yeah, game ball I'm going to give to Ben Johnson. I think the guy's on fire right now. Um, it's his first season as an offensive coordinator. All these guys out, and he's still making it happen. I think he's going to give Jared Goff his best season and uh, can't wait to see more from him. Hopefully the defense can step up and support them. Um, on defense, I think Rodrigo's the, the easy game ball winner. Um, but as a, as a runner up, I'm going to give it to Deshaun Elliott because I like him uh, laying the lumber out there and, and uh, you know, putting DK Metcalf in the dirt. Yeah, I agree. And shout out to Deshaun Elliott because he's just been a low key gem for us. Just really, like you said, laying the lumber humans hit stick. We need somebody like that out there. And we haven't really had that at the safety position since Quandre Diggs. So it's great to see somebody who can actually step up and hit somebody who's not afraid to, and really strike some fear into the heart of the offense. So We'll get to the burning bag. Everybody's favorite here. A lot of choices to go with offense not so much because everyone had a hell of a game 
every single unit, offensive line, wide receivers, running back, quarterback, tight ends, great. But the one guy you might not even know his name, Dominic Eberly, former Lion as of today, our kicker filling in for Austin Siebert. I didn't think anybody could do as bad as him, but he somehow managed to screw up two extra points. He kicked a ball out of bounds on a kickoff, which gave the Seahawks great field position. He did hit a 49-yarder, but good riddance, goodbye. Zlatan, I'm going to probably follow up on my DM to him. We need to make something happen there, man. I mean, it's just disgusting. We need a good kicker. We've had such good years with kickers. Even in some of the darkest times in the Lions history, we've had at least a kicker to hang our hat on. It's a big problem, and it's showing up. We need somebody who can at least make a fucking extra point. Jeez. Uh, did Zlotner's PR team ever hit you back? Nothing from them? No, I got a follow-up. <laughs> no, you did get gotta, a follow-up? I did not, no. I got I to gotta follow up with him and see what's going on. I'm sure he's loving life in Italy, and he's not going to want to go to Detroit. He's just eating some spaghetti and some of the finest margarita pizzas down there, sipping red wine. He doesn't want to come to Detroit for the, I don't even Coney know. What dogs. We have. Yeah. Some Coney dogs. Just, it's a big down. You should start a second burner and make sure you like send him the DM at Italian, like right before dinner, you know, right when he gets off work. Yeah. <laughs> just got to catch him at the right time. I'll just set up alarms to send him a new one from different burners every single hour until he finally responds. Why'd then you do we'll actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll be able to make something happen. Once we get Zlatan, our words <coughs> will be cast aside. And then when I get to the defense, I really genuinely struggle to pick out one individual who really fucked this up for us. So I went a little bit more broad and I'm giving it to Aaron Glenn because I think that our scheme is totally fucked up. We kind of have a bend don't break mentality and we're just giving the receiver space to, and all these quarterbacks can just pick us apart. They're just easy catches and they're easy chain movers. And our red zone defense is atrocious. So of course we're going to let them in every single time. I talked about blitzing, you know, five, six guys bringing the house. We got to dial back the blitzes and let our edge rushers, Charles Harris and Aiden Hutchinson start to work because they need to improve on winning those one-on-ones. And we got to keep guys in coverage because we need help back there. And when we're sending the blitz and the running backs cut back, all they have to beat is a safety or a corner and they're taking it to the house. So if we just have some guys back, if we have our linebackers sitting back, making reads and filling those holes, as opposed to just sending them pretty much blind on, uh, for whatever gap they're assigned to, I feel like that will, will start to see us slowing down the run game a little bit more. And then also being in a better possession to defend the pass when that comes. Again, Aaron Glenn, he's a great coach. Jury is still out on how good of a coordinator he is. Stonks are way down on Glenn. Dan Campbell has entrusted him to control this defense. He was the biggest coaching hire that we had when Campbell came aboard. And I don't think it's time to sell just yet. We got to have diamond hands, as Wall Street bets would say. Don't be a paper-handed pussy and get ready to kick him to the curb because I think he's got a lot more to bring to the table. Speaking of uh, diamond hands, do you see Netflix has a uh, GameStop documentary that just came out? Nah, I'm too hooked on Dahmer. And that's kind of oh. fucking me up. It's some dark shit, man. Oh, yeah. I, I would watch that in much more sparing amounts of time, maybe an episode a month so your dreams don't start getting a little crazy. <laughs> nah, I binge it in the dark all alone. It's not good. <laughs> <Psychopath>. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not good at all. I don't. I don't think any dentist would recommend that. Um, yeah. A dentist. You get to the point. Uh, yeah, four out of five dentists, dude. Come on, catch up. <laughs> they don't recommend Dahmer on Netflix alone in the dark binging. <laughs> not good. For- yeah, if, you, if you get to the point, um, if if you get to the point where you just have uh, serial killer documentaries playing in the background when you're folding laundry, you're gonna end up in a dark place. And your dentist is comment- commenting on your habits. <laughs> You floss, you brush, you watch Dahmer in the dark. All right. My, <laughs> that was stupid. All right. My burning bag award goes to the entire uh, Detroit Lions rush defense. Um, this happened against the Eagles. It happened against the Seahawks. You got to be able to stop that run. Um, and that's just not what they've been doing. So that's where my burning bag goes. How about you, Matt? On offense, I'm giving the burning bag to Khalif Raymond. Um I love this guy. I think he has some really unique speed that, that we could benefit from. Um, but unfortunately he cost us um, a huge momentum play in this game early on while we still had the game within reach. Um, the score was 17, nine Seahawks were up and, and uh, golf completed a 25 yard pass to Raymond over the middle Khalif Raymond gets hit by Kobe Bryant, a forced fumble on the play, and uh, a very costly turnover uh, while this game was still within reach. It sucked to see that happen to him. I think he had another uh, big catch later on in the game and, and got injured on the play, and I, I don't know if we saw him the rest of the game. Defensive side of the ball, I'm giving the burning back to Kirby Joseph. Um he, he was in the mix all day. He, he actually did make some plays. I, I know he had at least one third down stop on DK Metcalf, which was impressive. And um, he had some tackles and it was just kind of a nose for the ball. He, he was getting in there, but um, with Tracy Walker out, I think Corbin said that Kirby got hundred percent of the defensive snaps and he, he's going to have a learning curve curve um he came from to us from illinois and i think he only started one year as a safety there so he's got a lot to learn um and you know he just made some mistakes out there and the worst one was on the first drive of the game um geno smith found will disley in the end zone um and the ball just went right by kirby joseph's head he was in decent position just um, didn't have the awareness to, to break up that pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's young and we knew he was raw and we would, we were drafting him for the future and it's good to see him get some playing time. You know, you're going to make those rookie mistakes. I mean, that's why you're a rookie, but when you get thrown into the fire, you mean, I mean, not everybody can be Malcolm Rodriguez, just continuing taking the next step game after game after game. So hopefully he learns from this. I mean, and we can just close the chapter on week four, put the Seahawks game behind us. Burning bags, well warranted on the defense. And, you know, the one thing that we glossed over here was DK Metcalf getting carted off to go and take a shit in the middle of the game. I was sitting next to Jimmy, the kid that uh, my friend and I went with to the game. And he's like, look at DK. He's hurt. He's going to the locker room. I'm like, oh, I hope he gets better next week. Like, I really don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> and then I see him getting carted back. And had no idea what was going on at the time because I don't have the TV broadcast or anything, but I'm scrolling through Twitter 
And I literally see that he had to get carted to go and take a shit. And he even tweeted like that waddle walk wouldn't even work. I needed the cart, something like that. And so I was like, oh my God, like he actually took a shit in the middle of the game. What you didn't know though, is that I had him filling up a bag so that I can send that shit to Aaron Glenn's house. He's getting DK shit. That's going to be an extra (laughs) nasty dookie for Aaron Glenn after that performance by the defense. It'll be a horse shit. <laughs> We're all done with the Seahawks lions. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of talking about, it. I want to move on and look forward to this next week matchup against the new England Patriots, big time revenge game. Lions are going to Foxborough October 9th at 1 PM. Patriots lost to the Packers in a close one overtime Packers won 27 to 24. The Pats are currently favored by two and a half points against the Lions. And I can't wait to snap a pencil off in Matt Patricia's ass when we go into Foxborough and get this win. Yeah, I I don't believe that the Patriots are a very dynamic team. Uh, I don't know that they have been with with Belichick, just especially on offense since they've lost, um, you know, Tom Brady. I think they do have a strong run game, which could possibly wear on our defense quite a bit. but I'd rather have things on the ground than going through the air. And um, Bailey Zappi, I believe he set some t- some sort of touchdown record um, in his college days. I think he played at Western Kentucky. Yep. Um, and I, I believe the the Pats fan base were were pretty excited about him getting in. And, and I think he had a little bit of success at least against Green Bay. But um, if if we keep it on the ground. And, and don't get diced up like what Gino did to us. I, I think we can uh, force some third downs, hopefully, and and uh, come out with a win in this one. Um, yeah, I was uh, just looking up that for you. At Western Kentucky in his final year, he threw for 62 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't have his data before that, but I'm assuming he transferred over from junior college or one of those or small school. Yeah, I heard he played at a junior college and like one of the retaining walls was a CVS. So that's where he came from. (laughs) And then he goes to Western Kentucky and throws 62 TDs and close to 6,000 yards in his one year there. So, I mean, the Duke can sling it. Brian Hoyer, he went out with a head injury. I'm, I'm thinking that's probably a concussion. But I mean, why not give Bailey Zappi the reins and see what he can do? Yeah, Brian Hoyer is a savvy vet good backup but when you got zappy looking the way he did against the the packers i think it's worth a shot i mean if i'm bill belichick i'm rolling him out at least for the first half to see how he does and if hoyer can't even suit up then they might not even have a choice so Mac yeah Jones, given the state of, given the state of the league on concussions i don't think it's probably smart to start hoyer <laughs> yeah and is Zappy not just the most bill belichick story ever just some <laughs> sleeper qb that is a beast and he I, I could see Belichick making something out of this kid and um honestly I wouldn't be shocked if if he picks it up um and, and stays in the game I, I don't know where Mac, Mac Jones is at it didn't look like he was doing too good when he got carted off um a week or two ago but um I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he ends up uh, making a name for himself there in New England. I just hope it's not against the Detroit Lions. Mac Jones is still down for a couple of weeks, but I mean, even so, if Billy Zappi can just stay in the game for a little while and let Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson do their thing, I don't like that there's two pretty decent running backs coming at the Lions this week. 
Yeah, I think that the Patriots defense isn't what they've been in the past. I mean, they look solid, but I think that they can be exposed. They played a couple of good offenses so far in the Dolphins and Ravens, but they gave up 37 points to the Ravens at home. And, you know, the Dolphins dropped 20 on them away the very first game. Uh, Packers, obviously, they had a good game against them too, 27 points. But the Packers offense isn't looking as prolific as it used to be without Devontae Adams. Steelers, they just suck on offense too, but they still put up 14 points against them. So I think that we might be one of the most high-octane offenses that they've seen outside of maybe the Ravens. I mean, we have the most prolific offense at this point, if you look at total points for, so I think that we'll put some points up against them, but at the same time on the road, we'll see what we can do. I think that'll be a little step back. I doubt we'll put up 45 points on the Patriots on the road, but who knows with that offense, the sky is the limit. If we get Amon Ross St. Brown back and Jamal Williams can do his thing, it could be a, a special week for us. So what do you think the final score is going to be there, Corb? I'm sticking with the Lions. I'm riding the wagon. Lions 24, Patriots 23. Lions cover going four and one against the spread. What about you there, Matt? I'm going to keep with the high high scoring trend. Lions 35, Patriots 28. And then I am going to go with the score I think I go with every week, and uh, that will be Patriots 27, Lions 24. Um, I think I've been completely wrong every time on the amount of points scored and it's just way over that. So we're going to stick with it till it hits. So no belly bundle this week. You don't think the lions are going to cover. Eh, it's kind of tiny and it's only at three. I just put it as a push this week. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on, Ben. What do you got for us? All right. Next up we have betting with the belly. Um, it's gotten a little long in the past, so we're going to shorten it up this week by picking a favorite an underdog an over and an under. Corbin, what are you thinking for yours? So this week for my favorite, I'm taking the Ravens minus three at home against the Bengals. I think the Bengals have stepped up a little bit, but I think that Lamar Jackson has just really been putting on another MVP caliber season. It's a home game. The Ravens have been putting up points every single week, and I like them to cover and then some. And who are you feeling for a dog there, buddy? My underdog this week is going to be the Falcons. Eight and a half point dogs against the Bucks. Now, I know that Tom Brady is going to have the bounce back game. I'm sure he will. And I'm sure that the Bucks are going to win after just taking that beat down to the Chiefs. But the Falcons are a frisky team. Their offense is actually looking pretty solid. And I'm pretty intrigued by that matchup against the Buccaneers defense. I like the Falcons this week. Book it. Okay. Um, and Corbin, what do you like for your over? My over this week is going to be Rams Cowboys. Now, I made this pick before the uh, onslaught that went down in San Francisco. Matthew Stafford was getting beat to a pulp by that defense and the Cowboys defense is looking pretty good too. But you know, the Rams are sitting at an even two and two right now. And I think that Matt Stafford is going to start feeding some other options other than Cooper cup Uh, Cowboys offense with Cooper rush is looking good line set at 45 and a half. And I think that we'll see some uh, we'll see some points this time. And last but not least, the under, sir. That one is going to go to the Dolphins Jets. 43 and a half points. Tua already declared out. Zach Wilson looked pretty good in his first start back since the injury, his 2022 debut. And the Dolphins do have a prolific offense, but with tentative Teddy Bridgewater, 
I don't know. I just don't really see it. It's a road game for the Dolphins, and Jets' defense isn't too bad. I think that they can cause them some fits. I'm taking the under. I'm not a huge fan of that under. Teddy was slinging him at the end of that Bengals game, just chucking him as deep as he could to Tyreek Hill. Um, going into my picks, I uh, took the Tennessee Titans at minus two and a half against uh, the Washington Commies, keeping the fight against communism going. The Tennessee Titans have been rallying the last two games. Um, next up, it, to nobody's surprise for my underdog, I picked Danny Dimes and the New York Giants plus eight against the Packers on the road. It's going to venture up north and show that Tundra who's boss. Um, for the over-under, why not? The Detroit Lions, 45 and a half. Maybe we'll see another repeat of last week, and that'll be almost covered by one team. Um, and then going to go to my favorite game manager, Jimmy G, on the under 38 and a half points against the Carolina Panthers. Not a huge fan of Baker. Like the way Jimmy G plays some boring winning football. So that's going to be the bets with the belly for me. Yeah, Matt will not be making any selections on the betting. Betting and gambling is against his religion, so he's going to take a pass this week. To sin, Corbin. <laughs> um, and next up, we have the Survivor League update. Last week, we had six people. All six got it correct, so no shocks there. We're not in the money yet. Um, Corbin's picks last week were Lions were safe and the Cardinals were risky. The Lions lost as the safe play. Um, but you did pick up your risky pick, yes? Mm-hmm, I did indeed. Very nice. Um, and then I got a little frisky myself because I picked the Packers being safe, and they barely edged them out in overtime, and then the Raiders being risky. And I think the Raiders got their first win? I'm yes, wrong. they did. Oh, they did win. So there we go. We got two for two for the belly. And then last week, John had the Eagles as his safe pick, and they won – and then the Chiefs as their risky pick, and they also won against the Buccaneers. So he was also two for two. Corbin, what are you feeling for this upcoming week? This week, I'm taking the Jags. They're coming off a loss against the Eagles. Trevor Lawrence did not look good at all, but they're going back to Jacksonville to take on the division rivals, the Houston Texans. They're seven-point favorites, and I don't think there's a lot of other opportunities that are going to be safe to take the Jags. So I'm going to get that one out of the way with, and for my risky pick, I'm going with the Titans on the road. I'm going to ride on this belly train and see if he knows what he's talking about here. He certainly doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to the lions. So let's, uh, let's uh, invest in Ben a little bit here. Titans two and a half point favorites on the road against the shitty Washington Putin commies. So I think that they can get it done. They've started a perk up since the beginning of the year. And Mike Vrabel's has the boys ready to play. Nobody likes those commies, Corb. Nope. Um, for my picks, I'm going to go with my pick being the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they lost this last game, and uh, I think they're going to bounce back against the Falcons. Um, I don't know the status of all of Tom Brady's receivers, but hopefully they're healthy soon, and he'll be starting to sling the ball again. I don't want to see him go down like this in his potential last season. For my risky pick, I went with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they're against the Ravens away. That's why it's risky. I know they're probably a team you'd use later in the survivor pool. But, um, yeah, I just like watching Joey Burrow throw the ball to Higgins and Chase. So I picked them, and hopefully it pays off. So I got uh, the Bills as our safe pick here versus the Steelers um, this coming week. Um, Steelers just have not been getting it done. I think they threw in um, Kenny Pickett late last week, and – 
he had some ups and downs, but I don't think they really stand a chance versus the Bills. And then for my risky pick, I'm going to roll with the Jets coming off a win last week. Um, I believe it was the uh, a game-winning drive by Zach Wilson, who later hit the gritty in that game. Um, Tua, I believe, is out, so that should even the playing field a little bit. Um, and hopefully, um, if the Jets are going to get that win, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are uh, a bit muted without QB1. Moving on along, let's get into some of these segments, boys. Stop talking about football and start talking about some other things. Well, well, I guess the first segment we are talking about football a little bit. We're going to talk about what's trending around the world. We got a nice little topic today about Antonio Brown. After that, we'll dive into the bowels of the belly and finish with Corbin. How bad do you want it? So if you've seen the news today, Antonio Brown is hitting some more headlines per usual on two different occasions. And first off, he posts a picture on Instagram of him and Giselle hugging after the Bucs won the Super Bowl. So just a troll job on Tom Brady and people are up in arms defending Tom Brady. And then today the news breaks that Tom and Giselle have hired divorce lawyers. So a little salt in the wound for Tommy there. And I don't know, it's tough to not be distracted when you got something like that going on. But the real bit of news that I wanted to talk about was him in Dubai. Have you guys seen this? I've not. Yep. I saw the whole, I saw the, the short clip that came out. Um, it, w- it was disturbing. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, I did hear about this. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucked up, man. I mean, let's just go through the Antonio Brown timeline here since, since his departure from the Steelers, 2019 signs with the Raiders. He didn't like the helmets and wanted to use his own. He got cut. He signs with the Patriots and shortly is cut after uh, allegations of sexual assault uh, with one of his former trainers. He eventually ended up settling. And once that was over with, he signs with the Bucks, wins a Super Bowl. And then next year, 2021, he makes a fake vaccine card and gets suspended for that. And then nobody can forget last year when he stormed off the field, topless, whipping his shirt off, getting in the fight with the coaches. He hasn't been in the NFL since, but now he's rapping, he's dancing, trolling Tom Brady and exposing himself to women in Dubai. I mean, if you haven't seen the clip, he's in a pool flaunting his ass in front of this poor woman who's just held hostage. And he's like pulling her back in. And then when she finally swims away, he just like pops his little pee pee out. <laughs> <laughs> his little pee pee. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. The blur actually looked pretty long, so <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I can't comment on how oh. well endowed Antonio Brown is, but still just a, a bad look for him. And after he trolls Tom with the Giselle Instagram, I mean, man, he's just falling off the wagon. I don't know what the ever since uh, ever since Perfect gave him that huge hit and you know it was 2015 2016 playoffs it seems like he's gotten crazier and crazier through time. Yep. Yeah, the CTE is really starting to uh, develop quickly as he gets <laughs> older. Um, his rap career is is interesting. He does have that that dance move, and uh, he commented, uh, you know, on that post with Giselle, um, put that shit on, which is the name of his. I think it's the name of his, I guess, hit song. Uh, I don't know if you really consider it. I don't know if you would consider it a hit, but um, yeah, I'll tell you what, the man drives engagement on social media. And I'm really curious um, how Tom feels about that post. 
something tells me that it might have just been a savvy move to get views and, and likes. He might have even hit up Tom before to ask him if he was cool if he posted <laughs> that. I, it wouldn't shock me unless he's totally off the rails. Um, but this has touched most major NFL podcasts. And I think the the takeaway is it really seems like Tom Brady's like the last guy that was going to stick up to defend Antonio Brown, yeah. like his last friend. <laughs> and why would he do that? The only explanation I see is just to drive engagement and uh, hopefully get his, um, you know, put some more clout into his, um, his music. Yeah. Antonio Brown definitely moves the needle on social media. I think he was there with Floyd Mayweather in Dubai. That's why he was there in the first place. Uh, just to, you know, be in his corner during the fight, but he ended up getting kicked out of the hotel. And I mean, everybody's up in arms on Twitter. You know, there's, I've, there's a couple of guys that I've seen out there just all making comments, a bunch of like Shannon Sharp, I think came after him for the Tom Brady thing. And then, I mean, you see the, the RG three tweet too, AB showing more D this weekend than the lions and Seahawks. So that kind of hurt cut a little close to home for, for my taste, but whatever. RG three is funny. And, and RG3, I think, it, I, I don't know if this is his first season um, as a commentator, but um, just a sexual in, uh, innuendo machine, um, just dropping uh, comments all over the place, um, getting a, a yeah. lot of, uh, again, getting a lot of social media engagement. And it seems like that just encourages him to, to keep walking the line here. But um in the the last few weeks as football got off to a start um you know it's oddly connected to the michigan football scene um dropping uh the orgy in the end zone comment in the michigan colorado (laughs) state game and then getting to uh giving michael Penix jr up in washington um the nickname not a great nickname by the way but big Penix energy (laughs) and then uh you know, we, we get to the, the AB comments as well. And, uh, he tried to throw in, he tried to mix in one about a D, DK Metcalf. Um, someone was, was, uh, running through someone's defense, like, uh, the shit through DK Metcalf. So <laughs> he's definitely, he definitely knows he's getting some attention and it's trying to keep it going here. Um, seems like he's going to probably cross the line inevitably, inevitably at some point. Um, but in the meantime, I'll uh, at least tune in to, to see him uh, possibly get canceled. Yeah. RG three is definitely trying to make his way in the big media world and he's doing a good job. I mean, I'm sure some people don't like it, but I don't mind it at all. I think it's fucking hilarious and I hope he keeps it up. His Twitter game is awesome. Yeah. I mean, he, he takes his, he, he picks his battles pretty well, I think. And I, I mean, if you're offended by big Penix energy and the orgy in the end zone, I mean, it could be like the dude's name is <laughs> literally orgy. What do you want me to say? <laughs> and uh, I will throw in one last one uh, in that Michigan State Washington game. Um, I believe the the MSU center snapped the ball early and uh, he referred to that as a uh, premature snapulation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear that one. <laughs> Got away with words. yeah no keep it up rg3 we love it all right ben let's take a deep dive into that sick twisted life of yours past the esophagus through the stomach and into the bowels of the belly um once again corvin i'm gonna pull a curveball on you and i'm probably gonna tell you one you haven't heard 
And we're going to go all the way back to my high school days as a young 16, 17-year-old JV soccer captain. Um, I got the bright idea one night. You, you know what pasta parties are, right, Corbin? No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, like high school, you, you eat a bunch of carbs like the night before a big game so that you can like uh, play well. I don't know. Oh, it was a it was weird like uh, sexual or something. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm in high school at this point, Corbin. Stay with me. So you had a team so, dinner. <laughs> so I, I'm getting there. So we had a team dinner. I like ran out to get some candy from like the 7-Eleven or something because I was one of the only kids that on the team that could drive because I'm 17 and I'm playing with all these 15-year-olds, 16, 17, I don't remember. So yeah, anyway, I get the bright freshman. idea. What's that? Yeah, you were a senior playing freshman. I get it. No, a, J- a junior playing JV. Anyway. Uh, I get the bright idea to uh, just start ding dong ditching the house that like the pasta party's at. Like it's not even a clever move, right? Like I'm, obviously it's one of the kids at the house. So I do it like three times before they catch me. And then being the great team leader, I am, I take all the kids out in the neighborhood to just go wreak havoc, ringing doorbells, like little, little rascals. So <laughs> we're going all around the neighborhood. Um, we're ringing a bunch of doorbells and whatnot. And we're doing this for like hours, just terrible planning. And then all of a sudden, like one of the dads, like went to pick up one of the kids from the pasta party. We weren't there. We were running around the neighborhood. So he's like, guys, there's like cops in the area looking for you. They think you're drinking and like breaking stuff. And we're like, well, we're fucking children. We're not. So anyway, in my leadership skills, I say, all right, everybody scatter. And I run across (laughs) like a main road, (laughs) leaving my entire team behind. Only like two kids listen to me. All of a sudden, like I get probably like 800 yards away and I look back and there's just cop lights. And <laughs> I'm like, well, uh-oh, I don't know how I'm going to get back to my car because they're in between the midpoint of where I am and where I need to be. So um, hours go by. I found a kid that like went to high school with me that was in the area. I just camped out at his house for an hour because I was all nervous. I was fucking 16. I didn't know what was going on. So then I come back and they drop me back off at my car and uh, I'm getting text messages from like my teammates. So like, dude, where'd you go? Uh, we all got picked up and they took us to 7-Eleven and now our parents have to come pick us up. And I'm like, you guys, did anybody snitch? And they're like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and so <laughs> after everybody gets picked up, I find out that only two kids made it away. Um, one kid dove in a bush and while all the kids were like getting picked up, he just remained in the bush until um until they left and then another kid also ran he got all the way back to his dad's house and he told his dad what happened so his dad took him to the 7-eleven and told him i got one more for you (laughs) to the cops got another one yeah there's another one and so then um of course my coach heard about it and he was pissed (laughs) he's like i'd have you sit but i'm not gonna lie to you our team is dog shit (laughs) (laughs) we need you ben you're yeah. the only 17 year old on the JV squad. We can't sit you. <laughs> exactly. Actually, there was one other one, and we were both captains, and we just were not good enough to make varsity, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to need you as a captain over these freshmen who don't know anything. <laughs> then he needed an enforcer out there. Uh, I wasn't quite as thick back in the day. I was actually uh, bone skinny until college hit, and then I don't know what happened. Beer. <laughs> ah, yes. Beer, oh, yeah, a little lighter today. Food. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, I used to inhale in the cafeteria, but I was running so much, never got to me. The old cafeteria order was like two box go sticks, some chicken tenders, at least two <laughs> Twix, 
and then always the red slushy every day. I think I got a brain freeze every day and I think I have permanent damage. <laughs> your parents just kept you in a closet your whole life, just feeding you water and rice. And then you finally get to college and you're just like, Oh, Bosco sticks. Fuck. Yeah. That was the elementary school cafeteria. Once I got to Brody hall and you got the, all you could eat, then it upgraded to like sushi Sundays. I remember at one point I was putting chocolate milk in my captain crunch and inhaling that and just <laughs> knifing the roof of my mouth. <laughs> at at uh, MSU, did you guys have the um, the the ID cards that you could use at like local restaurants as cash? You you sir are talking about the combo exchange. The combo exchange, yeah. I uh, I remember one of my buddies. He he must have been the smartest kid in our in our grade, but he figured out that the only restaurant you could use it at that served alcohol was a sushi joint like right down the street from our, our college. So he would go there and get hammered on sushi all paid for with what we would call flex dollars. Where'd you go to school? Stevenson university. It's a small little school out in uh, Maryland. Gotcha. And, and the, the Asian restaurant beat the game, huh? <laughs> that was a, a secret that I don't know if anyone else found out about, but you could get your uh, sake there um, with your flex dollars. He's just getting racked on sake. <laughs> you want to go pregame at the sake joint? Dude, I'm sick of the rice wine. <laughs> so the moral of the bowels of the belly is Ben is a very bad influence. Who could have guessed that? I'm awesome. <laughs> All right, Ben. That's that. All right. What do you got for I me? I'm nervous. I really didn't spend a lot of time on this one. I, I don't. I think you're going to do it, but maybe not. Corbin, how bad do you want it? This week's rendition, what you have to do is you have to wake up. <laughs> you have to wake up every day and cuddle your girlfriend's sister for 30 minutes and just give her countless pep talks about how she's going to go out there, be the best woman she can be and get all the careers she applies for. And then she's just the best gal in the world. And I have to do this every day the rest of my life. Um. <laughs> We'll go with, we'll give you a cap on, let's see, you're how old now? Like 30, 29, 28, <laughs> 28. We'll give, we'll give you till, uh, once your 401k is allowed to be uh, liquidated. So once you retire. Okay. So a good 30 years, at least of cuddling and pep talks every 30 minutes, every day. No, no. 30 minutes every morning. Well, yeah, same thing. So when I wake up, I start my day, I give her cuddles and have to give her pep talks. While you're cuddling, just, just embracing her, glorifying her for the beautiful queen she is. Fuck, man, you got me. I'm not doing it. Oh, man, I'm just cracking up at your face, dude. That was... <laughs> you look like you started sweating. <laughs> <laughs> no, and man, just like that I, ladies I and gentlemen three to three <laughs> I, I felt like you were a little dishonest with some of your other answers but this one i could see no just right in the in the camera pure no. genuine response i straight up was not fucking around i know that. you're not but that i can feel whatever way i want but this one this was beautiful but thank you for that that one cuts deep for sure no, I, I would have like mental issues if I started doing that. You wouldn't know it, what a tiara is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, I couldn't get it done, man. I'd I'd have to pass <laughs> on it. Oh man. Oh, There's God. a lot of things I would do, but I couldn't think of a more torturous tor- <laughs> what's the word? Torturous, tortuous thing uh, to do to start my day. I would just be miserable. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be miserable for the rest of my life. No, I'm passing. I'll, I'll even it out. One K caches. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not long enough. I got my whole life ahead of me. I'm still young. I can't be wasting my time doing that shit. All right, we'll move the record. I wonder what the equation is for minutes of uh, minutes of pep. I mean, you even gave it to me easy. Like the rest of my life, like hell no. And then even thirty years, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I don't think that I could do it and like even pretend. I I think my math's wrong, but we're gonna go with thirty minutes times three hundred sixty-five days times thirty years. That's three hundred twenty-eight thousand five hundred minutes of pep. No, fuck that. I don't have enough content. I mean, I would just be recycling like, oh, you're doing great, honey. Dream big. No, (laughs) I'd run out of shit to say after a while. (laughs) Dream big. (laughs) All right, guys, that was a good way to end it. We're going to finish this one up. We're going to get another one out for you next Wednesday after the Patriots game going into the bye week. But thanks again for listening. As always, follow, subscribe, download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other platforms if you haven't already. Please leave us five stars or a review if you can. Follow me on Twitter at LightCorbyashi. I'm not even going to say it because there's no way anyone's following me. But if you got my number, you want to DM me some ideas, email me, whatever you want to do, let me know. But I'm really looking for some new segments, too, something that the people want to hear. Tell your family, friends, spread the word. Word of mouth is everything for us. It's really going to help us go a long way, and we appreciate the love and support, as always. Yeah, we want to thank our special guest, Matt J. Burns, for coming on out and knowing so much about the Lions. That was a privilege to hear. Thank you very much, buddy. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having me on, guys. It was great. Yeah, great job, Matt. Happy to have you, man. And with that said... (laughs) 